Welcome to a Sterling Harris Ministries teaching of thriving in a love relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Victory and God's best for you. Hi, welcome to Sterling Harris Ministries. And today we're going to talk to you about an age-old question that so many of us want to know. If God's so good, why do bad things happen? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a question that I've had myself. And we're going to talk to you today about five truths that we know will radically shift on how you perceive and how you answer this question. And first I want to start with a little background on how I went looking for the answers to this question. If God's so good, why do bad things happen? It started about over a little over seven years ago when I started counseling and doing a lot of deliverance and really kind of freedom work, helping people find the root cause of any kind of hurts hang-ups that they had from their childhood or maybe a divorce or, or whatever the case might be. And during these counseling sessions, during this deliverance training and during this freedom training, I encountered a lot of people who had been sexually abused, verbally abused, physically abused, and I just saw so much evil. And I started asking God, God, if you're so good, why do you allow these bad things to happen? And I started questioning God and, and really questioning my faith. I really went on in search of the answers to this question because my faith was shaken because I saw all this evil in the world. So I just kind of want to tell you a little bit about my background of how I went looking for the answers to this, to this question. And over the years, God has showed me scripture. He has put people in my life to show me uh, these truths. And I just know if you'll open your heart and open your spirit to the five truths that we're going to share with you, I know that it will radically shift a lot of the negative mindsets that you have about your relationship with God and also why bad things do happen to people. And first we want to kind of cover the negative questions and negative mindsets that we tell ourselves and ask ourselves. Like you'll hear the adage, well, God only give you as much as you can handle, which is actually that, that scripture's not in the Bible. It's actually not scripture. <laughs> but a lot of people pass it off like it is scripture. And then you start asking yourself, well, why me, God? Why would you allow this to happen to me? And then people will say, people will say, well, you know, that must not have been God's will to heal you, or that must not have been God's will for your life. And you get this old adage that everything happens for a reason. And people told me that when I I lost my NFL career due to injury and I broke my foot. And people were like, well, I guess God's got a different will for your life. And you know what? It may not be God's will for you to play football. Or, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I just shook my head. I was like, yeah, okay. But in my heart of hearts, I began to hold these secret resentments towards God. Like God broke my foot. Like he caused me to be injured so he could grow my faith somehow. And there's so many of us that, that people say, well, everything happens for a reason or God only give you as much as you can handle or, you know, this is kind of your cross to bear for suffering so it can grow your faith. And those, those although it sounds kind of good and people are like, okay, you're giving it to them as a comfort. Because I've said the same thing myself before. But really, those are not biblical truths. And we're laying blame on God where the blame needs to be on somewhere else, or the, or the accountability needs to be somewhere else. So we believe that these five simple, simple truths will radically shift your whole perception of why bad things happen to people. The truth one that we want to kind of, kind of go with, you want to just ask you to keep an open mind and an open spirit to what we're about to share with you. Because some of this stuff for, for people that are listening to this, it'll be kind of radical. 
and you're going to think to yourself, and some people, you're going to be offended by, by these truths because, because like myself, when I started finding out some of these things, I, would, I, had done, I had done a lot of this as far as putting blame on God where the blame was really on the enemy. And so the first truth that we're going to share is that the enemy hates us. The enemy, these devils, demons, fallen angels, the enemy that comes against us, these demonic forces, they hate us. They're not redeemed. They're not forgiven. And they want to do whatever they can do to hinder and still kill and destroy our faith and our life. And so Jesus teaches about this in John 10.10. He says that the devil, the enemy, comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus said that I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So I want you to understand that the demons and these demonic forces, they have zero compassion for us. And their whole thing that they want to do is destroy our lives. And they come to still kill and destroy. There's so many people that say, well, you know, God sends storms in your life or sends trials and tribulations in your life to build your faith. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. <laughs> it doesn't come by trials and storms and testings. It's what you do, what you stand on, who you serve during those times that can build your faith through the word of God and through that relationship with him. See, storms, they destroy things. Rain, it builds things and grows things. So God doesn't send storms. God sends rain. <laughs> in, the, in the New Testament, when you see these storms that, that Jesus was on the lake and the storm came, he rebuked the storm. Rebuke means to correct something that is wrong. And Jesus could not have rebuked or corrected or, or caused the storm to cease. And he said, peace be still. He can have done that if God had sent the storm. He's, and he asked the disciples, where is your faith? Why didn't you release your faith? Why didn't you speak to the storm and, and, and tell it to move and tell it to stop and command peace to be upon it? And so that's also a word to, word to us that when these storms and trials and tribulations come, it's not God sending them. It's the enemy trying to destroy us through these persecutions and testings and trials. And these things arise to steal our faith, to steal our joy, to steal our peace. To destroy our lives. And so I just want to encourage you that God doesn't send storms. He's, he's, he's the storm ceaser. <laughs> he, will take, he will take you around. He will take you over. He will take you through. He will cause you to triumph in these storms, in these trials and tribulations. But understand that the origin is demonic. These storms are coming on us to still and kill and destroy our faith. So we really want to take you, people say, okay, well, give me some scriptural basis for this. Well, not only do we have John 10, 10 for this, but we also, Jesus describes to us this, these demonic forces and how they try to come and still kill and destroy our lives in the word and the imperishable seed of the word of God in us in Mark chapter 4. And it's, if you go to Mark chapter 4, verses 13 through 20, you'll find the parable of the sower which Jesus said is the key to understanding all the parables. He said, if you can't understand this parable, then you won't understand the parables that I've said, and thus you won't really understand. It's the key to understanding the kingdom of God. And so we just kind of want to take you through kind of the three, the three things that God was talking about in here about the Word and how the enemy comes for the Word. It says, it says in Mark, it says, when they hear, that me and us, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word, which is the seed and the parable, that was sown into their hearts. So we see that the devil comes for the word. 
So that's kind of the first part of this parable. And there's so many times that I'll be reading the Word of God or reading a promise, and the devil will just put, come put a, a thought of doubt in my heart. That didn't happen like that. What if that doesn't happen? That's not really for you. There's so many th thoughts and doubts that he'll kind of try to plant in there because when's the best time to uproot a seed? Right when it's sown. So there's a lot of times I'll see a promise and then Satan will say, well, that's not for you. Or you've done too much or you're not forgiven or, or something that will kind of sow a seed of doubt in there in place of the faith that God's trying to sow into your heart. The second part of this parable is it says that persecution and trials and tribulations arise for the word's sake. So I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. And it says, Then when trouble comes and persecution arises on account of the word, they immediately, that would be us, they are offended and become displeased, indignant, resentful, and they stumble and fall away. Now this happens so many times when you see people, they have an encounter with God, they get closer to Him, they start walking in a right relationship with Him, and these trials and tribulations come, and they kind of feel beat up, and they said, well, why me, God? Why me? Why are you doing this to me? And they don't realize it's the enemy that's come in and try to steal the Word, and that persecution is rising for the Word's sake. It's trying to come and get the, your relationship of God up out you. <laughs> so... So realize when those things come that they're arising for the Word's sake. God, God is trying to, to let you know through this teaching that He's not the one doing this. I, I, I tell people, tell me all the time, well, well, you know, God's trying to build your faith, brother. That's why these things are happening to you. I'm like, look, bro, at the end of the day, do trials and tribulations build faith? Because if they did, we'd all be spiritual giants up in this, up in this thing. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's how faith comes. Faith comes by, by being in relationship with the Father and interacting with the Holy Spirit. Faith comes by getting this Word in you. <laughs> it doesn't come by trials and tribulations. Otherwise, all of us would be spiritual giants because we always got trials and testings and all kinds of things that are coming against us every day. But that doesn't build faith. That, that comes to destroy and take our faith away because a lot of times we get offended by God or what God is or isn't doing, or what we feel like that God is or isn't doing in our lives. So I just want to encourage you that when, when the enemy tries to sow a, a seed of doubt in your heart, realize that's what it is. It's, the, it's those the, that enemy trying to sow some doubt or some worthiness or some fear in your heart. And then when these persecution, these trials and testings start to arise that are, that are, that are de a demonic or evil or, or fear-based, that's the enemy. That's how the enemy comes and tries to steal the word from you. And in the third part of this parable, it, it, it reads, it says, And the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things entering in to our hearts choke the word out and it becomes unfruitful. There's so many of us that... that you know, the worry and being overwhelmed by our job and by our family and by, you know, all the things that kind of happen in our daily lives. You hear it so many times people say, well, I just feel overwhelmed or I don't have enough time. It's really what the enemy tries to do. He tries to just burden you under his yoke. That's what busy stands for, burden under Satan's yoke. <laughs> I heard that, but there's a lot of truth to that, you know. Uh, and so what happens is, is all these cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the one of other things enter in and choke the word out. And that's happened to me so many times in my life. I, I've, I've kind of been focused on, on materialism and money and my career and different things. And you know what? My relationship with God suffered and my family suffered because of it. And it's so subtle. You can be saying, you know, you'll rationalize, you'll say and justify it. You'll say, well, if I make more money, I can take better care of my family. I can give more to, to the Lord and, and all these things. And that I'll be happy when thing enters in. 
And I just want to warn you that, that that's how the enemy enters in is he, he kind of gets you to start stop focusing on God and start focusing on all these other things. And really, the, the p- third part of this is how the enemy tries to create these idols in your life. And it can be a person, it can be, it can be a career, it can be materialistic things. I mean, there's, the list goes on and on. But we, whatever the Lord is speaking to you right now, whatever that thing is that He's put on your heart, maybe, maybe you've got to do some idol searches and kind of clean out your closet and say, you know what? You know, these are the idols that are kind of coming to my life. These are the things that are kind of rising that are, that are coming in. I'm, I'm putting my focus on the wrong things. So always keep your heart tender to that and know that, that these are things arise to not to build your faith, but to steal your faith. And it's, it's how you respond to those things that will dictate your ultimate success and, and really your ultimate triumph and in in you overcoming those situations. Now, truth one, again, the enemy hates us and he's trying to, to steal, kill, and destroy our faith. Truth two we're going to cover is that God gave us authority, power, and dominion and a free will choice. He gave us a free moral agent on this earth. So if people say, if God's so good, why do bad things happen? Well, the thing about it is, is He's given us a free will choice and a free moral agent. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 28, uh, God blesses mankind, blesses Adam and Eve, and He gives them, us, mankind, power, authority, and dominion on this earth to subdue it, meaning to manage it, to have power over it. And he also gave us a free will choice, a free moral agent. And we know that Adam and Eve made the wrong choices. And because of that, the law of sin and death entered the world. And that's when unworthiness came. That's when shame came. That's when fear came. That's when sickness and disease came. It came in by the fall of man and entered in because of the enemy. It was demonic. So sickness and illness and and worry and fear and doubt and shame... And, and those things, those things came in by demonic origin. So what are they? If they came in by demonic origin, the root's demonic, then the fruit's demonic, right? So we have to understand that these bad things do happen to people because people, we, have a free will choice to make negative choices and negative decisions. And because we make those negative decisions, they affect others in a negative way. And so people say things like God is sovereign and God is sovereign. Hear me out. God is in God is everywhere. He knows everything and he has all power over everything. He has that. And people say things like God is in control. Okay, God can be in control, but I'm going to tell you something. God's not in control. I know, hold up, hold up. Some of you are saying, that's blasphemy. And I'm telling you, listen to me just for a second before you get all, get all crazy on me. God is sovereign. So He has all control. So in that sovereignty, He gave us a free will choice to choose blessings or curses, good or evil, life or death. So, and he, but He told us to choose life in Deuteronomy chapter 30. And so in His sovereignty, He gave man free moral agent and a free will choice. So God can be in control of everything, but he chose not to be. Can he snatch our free will choice away from us if he really wanted to? He could because he's sovereign, but he doesn't. So people say this, God is in control. That's not necessarily the case. We have the freedom to make a free will choice. It's just like God's will is that everyone be saved. Is everyone saved? No, because they have a free will choice to choose God or reject God. They have a free will choice to choose faith or fear, to choose doubt and worry or speak faith to a situation. So we have a free moral agent 
Every day we make thousands and thousands of, of small choices that end up kind of dictating our overall, our overall outcome in life. And God, does God guide us? Absolutely. Does He make suggestions? Absolutely. But so does, so does the demonic realm. And so we have to know and be rooted and grounded in love and the truth so we can have Him as our guide and choose Him as our guide. So truth too is really about the reason bad things happen to people is because people are able to make negative choices. And it says in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 through 20, God said this, He said, Behold, I bring heaven and earth to witness against you today that I've given you a choice between life or death, blessings or curses, good or evil. Now choose life, He says, that you and your descendants, you and your family may prosper and live long in the land, meaning your life. And so God wants you to choose life. He wants you to choose blessings. He said that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit thereof for life or for death. So he's given us a lot of power in our words. To, and it's told us many times to choose life. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14, he talks about the blessing. And the blessing of God is God wants to be involved and bless every area of our life. He said the blessing of God chase you down and overtake you. If you follow Him in relationship, if you receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, then you can walk in this blessing. This blessing can dominate any kind of darkness that may come into your life. Because light will always dominate darkness. And life will always overcome death. And God will always overcome evil because He's already defeated the devil. The devil is a defeated foe. Uh, so I just want to let you know that right now. <laughs> And so, but the enemy, he, he also sows these negative seeds into our life. And if they go unchecked and they, and, they, and they go uncast out or they go unchallenged, a lot of times we'll start believing the negative things the enemy tells us. And then we'll start making choices based on those negative, uh, based off those negative thoughts and, and emotions and things like that. And so when I realized this, it started to make a lot of sense and, and, and so we have, a, we have a power to choose blessings or curses, good or evil, life or death. And that's why these negative things happen because there's people that choose, that choose to drive drunk. There's, and, and then people end up getting hurt. There's, there's people that choose to, to cheat on their spouse. And then, you know what? Divorce ends up happening sometimes. People choose to, to stand on worry and anxiety and, and fear and not speak faith and truth and love, and they let bitterness kind of get in their heart, and then they end up speaking negative things over their kids, over their spouse, over their people at work. So people choose, joy is a choice. God used to tell me that. He said, throwing joy is a choice. What are you gonna choose today? Are you gonna choose bitterness? Or are you gonna choose to be joyful? And he really challenged me with that. And I was like, you know what? Joy is a choice. Even, even joy's eternal happiness has to do with happenings. And so I always was like, okay, joy is a choice. He reminds me all the time that certainly you have a free will choice in this. But I'm going to be there to guide you. I'm going to be your GPS system. And so I just want to encourage you to realize that's why bad things happen to good people is because people have a free moral agent, a free will choice to make those decisions. Now, is God wanting you to make the right decision? He absolutely is. And so that kind of takes us to the third truth is that God enters in to our experiences with us. So when I was searching out the answer to this question, if God's so good, why do bad things happen? I, I asked God one day, God, what makes you sad? And he began to kind of tell me, he said, Sterling, what makes me sad is when my kids use their free will choices to hurt my other kids. And he began to bring to my heart every, all these things that he 
experiences and enters into with us on a daily basis because he's he's there he enters into every day he enters to bullying domestic violence rape murder molestation evil words being spoken over over his children by his other children he he enters in and he enters in and experiences this worry and fear and anxiety with us and and his heart breaks for us so there's 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 really so many people that think that especially if you've gotten you've gotten molested or raped or or you were crying out for God to answer your prayer when you were a little kid or or maybe even when you're grown and you feel like he's not answering you and you feel like he's not helping you but he is there with you that's a lie from hell that that he's left you because he didn't leave you and there's so many people that I've worked with especially people that have had traumatic experiences as far as physical abuse or, or sexual abuse and I've asked them to go back and ask God God, where were you in the room? Where were you with me in that in that trauma that I had? Not God, where were you in in an accusatory sense, but Lord, help me understand this. Where were you, God? And there's so many times that God has shown them that He was in the room, comforting them and, and entering into the experience with them, and that He was also with the person that was doing and saying the negative things to them. And He was in their ear being like, Don't do this go another way stop doing what you're doing don't do what you're doing anymore and there's so many times it's like in a real world application and practical application is there's so many times that we'll say something to our spouse or say something to our kids or say something to somebody at work and then we'll kind of feel convicted about it we'll kind of feel like a twinge in our spirit and an unction that you know what i shouldn't have said that that's god trying to guide you away from you speaking speaking negative over a situation over over someone one of his kids so the third truth is really that God enters in into our experience with us. And so God has not left you. You are not alone in this, even though the enemy will try to tell you that. But God enters in to our experience. He died for us and rose again. And He died and, and walked this earth in our shoes. So we're not without a God. Uh, the book of Hebrews says we're not without a God that, that doesn't understand our plight, that doesn't understand what we're going through. He not only walked in our shoes on this earth in the person of Jesus Christ, but he also lives in the believer and and walks among and lives among and is everywhere. He's, he's omnipresent, I meaning he's everywhere all at one time. He's he enters into these things with us. So I just want to encourage you that that God enters into these experiences with us and and I just want to encourage you to let you know that you're not alone. Even though the enemy may try to tell you you are alone, that's a lie. And God enters into this with you. And I just want to, to encourage you to, to really ask the Holy Spirit to bring to your heart right now like what you need to let go of. Because you have kind of a part to play in, in releasing these things that are in your heart. Because I, I feel like that some of you are watching this right now you're going to say you're going to say in yourself you know what there's some things that i've been holding on to there's some things i need to let go of i just want to encourage you to let go of these things and we're going to have also another another call to that at the very end of the of this of this teaching so this is all about freedom it's all about releasing it's all about destroying the lies of the enemy of where these negative things come from and walking in the light of the truth because as you walk in the light of it it's hard to serve a god and want to be in a relationship with a god that you believe hurts you to build your faith, which doesn't even make sense, but people have really passed that off on God as everything happens for a reason and you know God's using that to build your faith or make you more holy or, or those kind of things. Or God will only give you as much as you can handle. 
And that's not biblical. That's not the truth of the gospel. And that's not my dad either. <laughs> so we're going to go on to the fourth truth, which is, and, and I want to qualify this truth before I, we kind of dive into it. So if you're here, when you hear this truth, and you, if you feel shameful, condemned, unworthy, if you feel anything that's fear-based, understand if, if someone hurt you, if you had some unfair things happen to you, that this, this next truth, I'm not referring to their circumstances. This next truth is that we have a part to play in refusing the devil, in making the right choices and things like that. So the enemy will probably try to use this truth, as I've seen him do before, is say, well, look, you, you deserved it, or you're bad, or you're not forgiven, or you let me in, or whatever like that. So, so that's, a lie, that's also a lie from hell. So I just want to qualify this before we get into this truth. And the truth is, is that we have, to, we have some accountability, and we have the power, we got the juice, we have to do some of these things to make sure that the enemy doesn't dominate us. So we have to be careful not to give the enemy place in our life. And that's really the fourth truth is that, that we have a part to play in this by releasing our faith, speaking the word only, meaning to think as God thinks, speak as God think, speaks, and act as, as, as God acts through the word of God and, and, and cleansing and transforming our mind through the word, through inspired teaching and preaching, and, and through interacting with the Holy Spirit and interacting with God the Father through a relationship. So I want to encourage you in this fourth truth that a lot of times what I what happens when a lot of, a lot of negative things start happening to me, I'll take a spiritual inventory and say, okay, Holy Spirit, bring in my heart. Is there anything in my heart that I need to to confess, or is there any is there anything that I that I'm that I'm doing that is uh, that is letting this come in or bringing this in in into my life? And so a lot of times the God the God will just kind of quote me something like a saying that he says to me all the times is don't let the devil steal your joy or, or continue to resist the enemy or speak the word only or follow me or trust me my son a lot of times he'll speak something like that to me to let me know okay sterling you're in a right lightship you're just you're just having the enemy come against you and he's arising for the word's sake and sometimes he'll quote me or remind me of mark 4 that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and persecution arises for the word's sake. And some, but sometimes he'll bring some stuff to my heart, like, hey, you're holding on to some unforgiveness, and you need to let this go, and, 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 and things like that. And I'll just be open and honest and, and pliable and moldable to what God is telling me. So I just want to encourage you that, that God tells us to do things about the enemy, it, all through the New Testament. He's given us power and authority and dominion over the enemy to defeat him. The, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He's redeemed us from the law of sin and death, having been made a curse for us, it says in, in, in the third chapter of Galatians. So God's given us the power. He's given us the juice. So he says, he says in Ephesians and, and some other places in the Bible, it says, it says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Give the devil no place. It says in Ephesians 6, it says, We wrestle against principalities, powers, and spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. We wrestle. It says, it says we must put on the whole armor of God. We got to put it on. So it's like an analogy, like I use this analogy that, that we got to put the armor on. If you play, like back when I used to play football, if you, put, uh, if you run out of the field and you don't put a helmet on, it's not going to end up good for you, big dog. It's not going to end up good for you at all. 
So you got to put on the whole armor of God. You got to put on the armor of light. You've got to release your faith. You've got to speak to mountains and watch them move in your life. And the awesome thing is, is that it says in Ephesians that, that Christ is seated in heavenly places far above all principality, power, and might and dominion. Every name that's named, he's seated above that. And it says, it says in Ephesians that we're seated with him in Christ Jesus. And it says that, that he's the head and we're the body. And it doesn't matter if in the body of Christ, that if you're a little bitty toe, if you're a little bitty toe nail on your pinky toe, you're still far above principalities, powers, and any demonic forces that, that could come into your life. So I say this a lot of times, far above sickness, far above. Far above addiction, far above. Far above worry and fear, depression, far above. Far above bullying, far above. Far above divorce, far above. Far above any name that's named, anything that can met you. Unworthiness, anger, shame, guilt, far above. And you're seated with Him far above those things. And in Christ Jesus, when you speak the word only, when you stay in the word, when you stay in relationship with God and involve Him in your daily life, and you begin to walk in this power and dominate the enemy, that you'll realize that God has put you far above and walk in the light of this and surround yourself with people that speak faith, that believe faith. And you're also, you know, getting some good inspired teaching and preaching is really important. I listen to people like Kenneth Hagan, Creflo Dollar, Todd White, uh, Tony Evans, Joel Olstein. So I listen to people that, that preach the word of faith. They preach, they preach the power of words. They preach walking in love. There's a lot of inspired teachers and preachers out there. So you got to make sure that you're also filling your heart with some inspired teaching and preaching and testing everything by the Spirit and also interacting with the Holy Spirit and let Him give you additional revelation uh, in that. I, I do that all, a lot. I listen to inspired teaching and preaching and I just interact with the Holy Spirit. And, I, and if, I don't, if I don't agree with something, I say, Holy Spirit, hey, explain this to me. Show me something in this. Open my mind up to this and I'll just begin to talk to God in this conversation. And... Always, it may take, it may happen right then. It may happen, I've seen it happen a week later that I'll be reading my daily devotional and something I asked him a week ago that, that I just kind of got the sense of just follow me, son, be still. A week later, I'll be reading my daily devotional and I'll be reading it all of a sudden, wham, something will hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, oh, that's the answer to that. And that's kind of how this revolution of these five truths came as well is God, God over a period of time began to build on this question, if God's so good, why do these bad things happen? Because it, it, it's a complex answer, but it's an answer that is also, is also simplistic because it matches up with the simple gospel that God is, and it matches up with His character. So the revelation took me a while to unravel and, and, and unpack and develop, but when you get down to it, it's the gospel message that God loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. And so he's put you far above all principalities and powers and every name that's named. That's good news. <laughs> that's the good news. And so I just want to encourage you kind of in this analogy, it says you got to kind of have the right tool. So you want to use this as a tool. You want to speak the word only, right? So I give the analogy like, like if you have a, a shovel, and you're using and you're and you don't either know how to use the shovel or use it improperly, it's not gonna be as effective. If you're not using the word of God in your life and you're not thinking faith, speaking faith, and acting in faith, you know what? 
you're not going to be as effective believer as you can be. It's like somebody taking that same shovel and having the metal end up in the air and trying to dig with the with the wood end. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's not the shovel, Playboy. It's you. <laughs> so you gotta you gotta actually use use the, the the tools right in a way. You know, fight right, win right. It's kind of a, a situation where if you want to if you want to do that, you got to use the word of God to your benefit and walk in the light of God's word. And so there's times that I use things wrongly in my life. I used to have an addiction to pornography, and God, thank God, He's delivered me that. I've been delivered over five years now. And at the same time, I used to use the internet and my phone in the wrong way, and I used to misuse it. And like so many people, they, you can misuse tools that God can give you. Now I use that same phone that, that I used to use, used to be a struggle for me. I use it to upbuild myself by using, looking at inspiring, teaching and preaching, listening to the word on my, on my app and things like that. So, so I just want to encourage you to use the word and listen to inspired teaching and preaching and use the things that God has given you and the tools he's given you to upbuild yourself. And when those demonic forces try to come at you, you know what? Tear those strongholds down through the Word of God and through His, His love relationship that He wants with you. So we're going to go on to truth five. So truth five is remember the devil's a jerk. <laughs> that he hates us and that he's an opportunist. And I want to bring this back up to tie all this in because he is an opportunist. He will use whatever he can to try to still kill and destroy your faith and your life. So it's up to us to recognize that these demonic forces are trying to separate us relationally from God because they can't separate us from the love of God because he loves us so much. But they can, they can basically... They can basically separate you from a relationship aspect, meaning that you're choosing not to be in relationship with God and relationship with others. Separate you from right relationship and separate you from your identity in Christ Jesus as a son and a daughter and separate you from other people. Because what is the oldest trick in the book, if you will, when it comes to warfare? Divide and conquer. So that's what the enemy's trying to do oftentimes. He's trying to isolate us, that we're the only ones that it happens to, that we're alone in life, that nobody cares, that we're not worthy of God's love, that we're not forgiven. The enemy will tell you all these negative things. You just say, you know what? I refuse that thought. I refuse that mindset in Jesus' name. I know God loves me because he gave his life for me. <laughs> I mean, the God, the, the God that we serve died for us so we could live. He let, he let us kill him. So he could give us gifts. <laughs> That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Think about that. God literally wanted to give us the gift of grace and the gift of eternal life. So he came to earth and let us kill him so he could give us gifts. That's like, hey, bro, why don't you come over here and, and you know beat me up and I'm going to give you some Christmas gifts. Nah, playboy. <laughs> I'm a forgiver, man, but I ain't Jesus. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We are we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are we are supposed to be walking, talking Jesus. But you know what I mean. I mean, normally people wouldn't do that, right? But God loved us so much that He came and walked in our shoes to model for us a love relationship with the Father, with Himself, and show us what is possible for those who believe, right? And so I just want to encourage you when you start asking yourself, "What? Why is this happening to me?" Remember. The enemy is coming for your life. He's coming for your faith. But you know what? If you stay in right relationship with Jesus, 
If you stay in right relationship of who you are in, in Christ and your identity as a son and as a daughter and you speak the word only and you, and you surround yourself with other faith-believing, faith-speaking believers, you empower yourself with inspired teaching and preaching, you put your faith into action, you will rise far above anything that's trying to beat you, anything that's trying to come against you or your family. But it's hard to come against. It's hard to get that empowerment with God if you believe He's causing these negative things in your life. The truth is, He's not. The enemy comes to still kill and destroy. And Jesus said, I've come that you may have life. <laughs> and have it more abundantly. That word more abundantly is so beautiful in the Greek. It means violently excessive life in God. <laughs> That doesn't include sickness and disease. It doesn't include hate or worry or fear, anxiety or regret. It doesn't include unworthiness. <laughs> it doesn't include any of those things. It includes love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and faithfulness <laughs> and self-control and being known and loved and understood and accepted by the Father. It means righteousness and joy in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's awesome. There's so many times I see people that the enemy's been beating up and that they've created this offense in their heart with God and they start out isolating at work and then they kind of isolate from their kids and become emotionally cut off maybe with their marriage and then before you know it, it's just kind of a trickle-down effect and they get to this place where the enemy has them isolated even when they might be surrounded by a whole group of people and they still kind of feel alone and, and disassociated or disconnected from people. So I just want to encourage you and let you know that when you begin to feel kind of isolated, realize, realize that, man, always get back in relationship with God because He wants a relationship, a love relationship with you. The greater one lives in you and He wants to cause you to overcome and triumph through that love relationship that, that He wants with you and that He yearns for with you. That's why, that's why it, says, it says the mystery of the gospel is Christ in us, the hope, the righteous expectation of glory. So God wants a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with you. And the devil is trying to try whatever he can do. And it, he's so slight. And he'll do something so subtle and it'll be like kind of like a boat drifting. It's just little by little by little. But if you continue to stay in right relationship with God, take that spiritual inventory, stay surrounded by, by believers, keep your heart sensitive to the Holy Spirit, stay in the Word. Those are kind of the tools to kind of walk, walk in this daily forgiveness of forgiving yourself, forgiving others, forgiving God. And when offense does happen, let it go. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your care on God because He cares for you, right? And, and receive forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9. If, if you confess your sins, then God's faithful and just forgive you of our sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So walk in the light of that on a daily basis. And remember that you're far above anything the enemy can throw at you. And if you're not, don't be moved by what you feel and what you see. Be moved by the Word of God. Because there's times where what you're reading in the Word and what God's telling you won't match up with your circumstances. And that's when the enemy comes to try to get you offended at God. And you start asking yourself, why me, God? Why are you, why are you doing this to me? Or why are you allowing these bad things to happen to me? Realize that it's from the enemy. He's trying to create this separation from you. Always recognize that God loves you, 
that you stay in right relationship with the Father because you're always in right standing as a believer. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Righteousness means you're cool with God all the time. He's cool with you. He's cool with you. And that basically, that's a layman's terms, but I'm saying that, that, that you're in right standing with the Father. Is, that's what righteousness basically means. I'm talking about relationally, relationship-wise, the enemy tries to separate you relationally from, from others and also from the Lord. So I just want to encourage you to walk in that relationship with Jesus and also, and also in right relationship with other people and right relationship with yourself. And forgive yourself, because that's oftentimes people say, I have a pro- the hardest time forgiving myself. Walk in the light of that as well. And, and always realize that you're a son and a daughter of the one true king. Realize your identity. And don't let the enemy separate you and give you that false idea of, of shame or guilt or unworthiness or I'm a worrier or I'm depressed or like that. Don't let him put that fake ID on you because you are a loved and beloved son and daughter of the one true king. So I just want to encourage you to take these, these five truths. We're just going to review real quick. The first truth is, is that the enemy hates us and he's going to do whatever he can to try to destroy us. Uh, truth two is that God gave us a free will choice. That's why bad things often happen to good people is because, because one, the enemy hates us and he's trying to still kill and destroy our faith. And number two, that God gave us a free will choice. And because people have a free will choice, they can choose evil, which that evil they choose, those negative choices they choose end up affecting us in a negative way. It can be something really, really, really big and really, really massive, or it can be something small. Small or large, no matter what it is, can create negative things to happen in our lives. And if enough little things happen, we all know that, man, it'll lead to something big. So, and the, and the third truth is, is that, that God enters into this experience with us. So realize that God hasn't left you alone, but He enters in this, in this with you. Uh, the fourth truth is, is that we have a part to play in this and that we have to do something to dominate the enemy in our life. And we have to release our faith. We have to speak to mountains. We have to cast our care on God. We have to forgive. We have to use our free will to, to operate in this victorious life that God has purchased for us. And the fifth truth is, is remember, 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 the enemy is a jerk. The enemy is in the business of separating you from God and other people, and he's an opportunist. So he'll use whoever or whatever he can to try to separate you from your relationship with God and relationship with other people and receiving good gifts and love from others and from God. So keep releasing your faith. Keep in right relationship with the Father. Speak the word only. And start releasing your faith. And remember, God loves you. He loves you so, so much. His love is so radical. He paid a price just for you. God bless you. Thank you for listening and tuning in. And we just want to kind of call you to action right now. And I just feel in my spirit that there's so many people watching this and they're going to watch this, that this has created some kind of... uh, awareness in your spirit that you have some offense against God, that you've blamed God for some things that happened to you in your life. And I just want you right now, I just want you to say, Holy Spirit, bring to my heart, Lord, the offense that I have with you and just start releasing that over to him. Just say, Lord, I release that over to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I just, Lord, I forgive you. I forgive myself. Lord, I receive forgiveness from you and just exchange forgiveness with God and let Him cleanse you and, and let, let that offense, just let it go. <laughs> so good.
It's so good. I just want to encourage you to do that and let that be a daily lifestyle. When this offense comes, remember that Jesus came that you might have life and have it to the full. God bless you for other inspired teaching and preaching. You can visit us at sterlingharris.org. God bless you. Remember, the choice and the power is yours. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another Sterling Harris Ministries teaching. For this and other inspired teaching and preaching, visit us at sterlingharris.org. And always remember, Jesus loves you.